0: You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado.
1: In the name of Jesus, Amen. The miracle text for consideration today is the text where uh, Jesus forgives and heals the, the paralytic man, demonstrating for us his mercy and authority. Now, it, it would benefit us to take a closer look at this paralytic. Because uh, from verse 2, we can see that this person wasn't somewhat paralyzed. He wasn't just paralyzed from the waist down. He was completely paralyzed, completely immobilized. He can't sit up, he can't scratch, couldn't wave. He was as paralyzed as a corpse. Now, this is a very important to point out, because given that time, the belief was that the worst one was afflicted the greater the sinner they had to be. It was believed that the only way one could end up, uh, meant that they end up in such a paralysis, meant that they had done some horrible offenses towards God. So this person, because of their offenses, was a person to be avoided or even looked down upon. They were most certainly not to be pitied, Because they brought these issues on themselves. Now this might seem harsh to us, but it it was similar to their line of thinking, was like this person had an infectious disease. And even worse yet, they invited this disease upon themselves. Because they knew what would cause something like this. But yet they, they chose to sin and offend God anyway. Now, this line of thinking comes from Psalm 38, where David says, For your arrows have sunk into me, and your hand has come down on me. There is no soundness in my flesh. Because of your indignation, there is no health in my bones because of my sin. For my iniquities have gone over my head like a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. My wounds stink and fester because of my foolishness. So given this setting, this paralytic is the bottom of the barrel. The state he's in and his burden is because of sin, but like they thought, it's an incorrect thinking to think it is because of his own personal sin. Now, if, to, to get what this would be like, think if uh, jesus came to this paralytic and these people these people brought the paralytic to jesus now to us this would be like say the president was coming to town would we grab the dirtiest stinkiest person that clothes torn or you know just what society would say is uh substandard would we grab that person and rush it over to rush them over to the president No, I don't think we would. If the president or some popular, famous person were coming to town, we'd put on suits, dresses, get the kids all cleaned up, wash the car. We would do anything we could to to look better to this person. Now, this this fact reveals two things. One, that those who brought uh, the paralytic to Jesus had great faith, as we are told in verse 2 and when Jesus saw their faith. The second thing that this points out is that Jesus doesn't avoid those who are shunned by society. Now, we, we should keep this in mind because Jesus actually does have a reason to avoid them. Because Jesus is holy and he is perfect. He actually does have the right to, to demand that sinners stay away. He is the perfect, spotless lamb. And he would not be by being mean to demand that the stain of sin stay away from him. This means a great deal because the belief that this man was a worse sinner than any, anybody else is totally wrong. We are all horrible sinners. Lying, coveting, lusting, murdering in our hearts. We actually deserve much worse than immobility. The fact that Jesus allows sinners around him is his humility, mercy, and goodness. Now, this paralytic, this man is brought to Jesus, and Jesus doesn't do what we would expect. He doesn't force him away, nor does he force us away. He comforts and forgives this man. And actually, a more correct translation is that Jesus is forgiving. This points out that it's not a one-time event. A one-time thing like, well, you're forgiven now. Don't sin anymore, because that's it. No, this is an ongoing thing that has no sign of ending. So, think about it. The bottom of the barrel has just been brought to Jesus. And instead of being appalled, He has mercy and forgives the man. We should should keep this in mind because when we approach Jesus, because we are dirty and stained with sin, we don't deserve nor have any right to be in His presence. It is because of His mercy and love that He wants us to come to Him. He wants to forgive sin. He's not appalled by it, but instead wants to forgive it. Now, people come to Jesus differently. And how one approaches Jesus matters as as is revealed in the reading. Because you you have the, the sinful paralytic. Jesus shows this person mercy and healing. But this happens in front of the scribes. Now, the scribes, after seeing this and hearing what Jesus says, they're appalled, and they question who He is and what authority He has to say these things. Now, it's these people that Jesus corrects. Because a polished exterior doesn't fool our Lord. In verse 2 and 3, Jesus shows us that He cuts right to the heart of man. In verse 2, we are told when Jesus sees their faith. Then again in verse 3, we are told Jesus knowing their thoughts. Jesus sees what's going on in our hearts and responds differently. To those with faith, no matter how sinful and dirty, He gives mercy. Actually, He wants those crushed by sin. Because the more beat up and troubled we are, the more we need Him. And He gives Himself for that exact reason. He's there to comfort us, to heal us, and to forgive us. Now, Jesus looks into the thoughts of those who are questioning His authority and who He is. And he responds to them with verse three, or verse four. Why do you think evil in your hearts? So after being accused of blasphemy, our Lord addresses his accusers. He sets out to prove his authority to these doubters. So he poses the question regarding the ease of forgiving sins or telling one to walk. And this question is really, it's just a setup. So that the doubters and we may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. The easier thing to say is that sins are forgiven. It's easier to say not to do. The reason it is easier to say it is because there's no, there's no means by which one can test whether sins have really been forgiven or not. So the harder thing to say is that the paralyzed man should stand and walk. This is harder to say because it can be tested. They can actually see if the man really is healed and can walk. Now, Jesus isn't concerned with what's harder or easier because he has the authority to make both statements. Now, all this is done to point to the fact that Jesus has the authority to forgive sins. Maybe to help clear this up, is forgiveness is invisible. So, Jesus does the visible miracle so that we would know that the invisible miracle has been done also. So, now that there's no question whether Jesus can forgive sins... He's not only proven that he has the authority to do that, but he's also proven something else. Because they know at this time that only God can forgive sins. So Jesus has also proven that he is God and he does have this authority. So he proves his authority and mercy as he tells the paralytic, rise, pick up your bed and go home. So, Jesus has great authority. And this authority can be a very, very frightful thing. And without mercy, it should be frightful. The same Lord, our Lord, who can make the lame walk, has the authority to bind or forgive sins. He has the authority to send to hell or to send to heaven. Now, We know if we get what we deserve, if our sins are bound to us, we should be sent to hell. And this is exactly what we have earned for ourselves. So, the Lord would be just, and He would be right to do this. He has the authority, as we just heard, and when considered alone, it is feared. But, but... In light of His mercy and humility, His authority isn't something to be feared. Because His death on the cross stands in place of what we deserve. So He has the authority to bind or forgive sins. And He does. He actually does bind sins. He binds them to Himself. He takes our sins and He binds them to Himself. He takes the punishment that we deserve. And it's because of His mercy and His love that He does this. So now, He comes without condemnation or judgment. He comes only with mercy and love. When the crowd saw it, they were afraid and they glorified God who had given such authority to men. This is the only response that they can have to what the Lord has done. This is the only response that we can have to what the Lord has done. Everybody looks on fear because we all know what we deserve. And we can we can only glorify God because of His mercy for not giving us what we deserve. Then they they also glorify Him for bringing this authority to men. that, That God would humble Himself and come to a sinful world, come to those who by nature hate Him. How can we do anything but glorify Him? He has all authority in heaven and earth to do what is just, what is legally just, and He doesn't. He comes to show mercy and to save. He has this great authority, and He uses that authority to forgive you. If this doesn't merit us giving Him glory, What does? So so we can rest assured that Jesus has the authority to do what he says and he will. He tells the paralytic to take heart, my son. Your sins are forgiven. And then heals him. Jesus is proving that the paralytic's sins are forgiven. So it is with us. When Jesus says, your sins are forgiven, you can take heart also and know that He has the authority to say this and that your sins really are forgiven. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.